0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere.
1: For this week's podcast, we are going to get to know the Diamondbacks players a little bit in a way that we haven't before. So we have uh, Mike Farron with us, who is the Diamondbacks pre- and post-game host and the host of Power Alley on Sirius XM's MLB Network Radio. Uh, Mike, thank you very much for being with us. So we have been talking about uh, the Diamondbacks, Pretty much weekly all through the off season, and I think we've pretty much covered everything. So we are moving on to a little bit of a different theme this week. So I'm going to throw some questions at you. Uh, it's the player most likely to, and I'm going to give you a scenario, and then you can give me your best guess on the player who might be most likely to do something. I realize that you are kind of new to the team, but we're going to go with it anyway. So um, the first one. That's right. One I'm very is, good at faking it. So <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Feel free to fake it. It's fine. Um, okay, so the first one, is the player most likely to throw a no-hitter or a perfect game?
0: Um, I'm going to go with uh, a little off the board because I think everybody would probably go, well, Granky's probably got the best chance. I- I'm going to say Ruby De La Rosa. Uh, that's going to be my guy that i say has a chance to throw a no-hitter. Uh, De La Rosa's stuff is electric. Uh, between the mid-'90s fastball, terrific changeup, really good breaking ball. And he's just starting to come into his own as a pitcher, uh, really outside of his, his start to get the Dodgers last year he pitch very well. I think if I had to pick one guy on on the roster who I could think any given night he could throw a no-hitter, I would probably choose him over either, even Shelby Miller or Zach Greinke just based on the raw stuff.
1: You know, it's funny because a lot of these no-hitters, if we go through the history of no-hitters like in the last uh, six, seven, eight years, a lot of these guys that the thrown thrown of our guys that have, and I think people have forgotten about, and some that aren't even in the game anymore. So it's not always like, of course, Max Scherzer is on the other end of the spectrum, but there's a lot of like, no-hitters that are randomly thrown.
0: Yeah, there really are. And, and I think that that's, I mean, there are so many guys over the course of history that have thrown them that are, you know, like you said, that, that really it's their one kind of claim to fame. But, um, you know, I think De russell has got a chance still to be a very, very good major league starting pitcher. Uh, in part because he's, you know, hit because of the stuff, and you know he's still young, and he kind of got yo-yoed back and forth between the rotation and the bullpen when he was in Boston, and it, with the Dodgers, and he had the Tommy John surgery. So you know, I think he's just now starting to come into kind of who he can be as a
1: starting pitcher. Okay, let's move on to a hitter. And who is the player most likely to hit for the cycle?
0: Uh, I would have to say, well, now that Aaron Hill's gone, because he did it twice in one season. I'd hate to say AJ Pollock is the most likely to do it. I mean, Pollock he has the, the combination of speed and power, um, and I think it's I think you know, he's a, he's a cycle waiting to happen because of that. Uh, and you know, playing in Chase Field and playing you know nine times a year at at, uh, at, at Coors Field in Colorado, I, it you know really really um, you know help helps hitters who can put the gaps like Pollock can um, to be able to pick up the three base hit, which as we know. It's always the toughest out, and, you know, almost everybody is always a triple away from the cycle.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's really like, I mean, that's code. Like, hit for the cycle just beats code for, like, who, who has the best chance to hit a triple. I mean, let's face it. It's, um, that's, right. that's the hardest one to get. Um, okay, so who is the most likely to hit a grand slant?
0: Uh, well, I'll have to go with Paul Goldschmidt. Um, I think that that one's going to be pretty easy on that. I mean, listen, you're talking about one of the maybe the five best players in all of Major League Baseball. Um, I think Goldschmidt has to be the guy that you look at and say, you know, he's
1: going to be the one who's most likely to hit a grand slam. Yeah, I think that's kind of a no-brainer. Um, that was a little softball toss to you because now it'll we'll get a, a little bit more difficult. Uh, the pitcher to, to most likely to put together the longest scoreless inning streak
0: Oh, the longest scoreless inning streak. You know, I, I, again, I'm going to go up forward a little bit and, and not say Greinke. I'm going to go with with um, Shelby Miller. And I think Miller's the guy that, that really has that opportunity to take another step forward. Um, you, know, you watch what he did last year with Atlanta, and it, it was very impressive outside of the win-loss record. I mean, you're talking about a guy who posted an ERA that was in the low threes and – and really um you know I think started to take the next step forward uh, to being a, a really kind of a, a top flight starting pitcher. so I, I can see him being the guy that ends up you know being, being the one who gives you um, you know kind of 30 25 30 scoreless innings in a row, and heck, he nearly did it last year.
1: Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, by prediction, I, everyone's going to be watching Grinky and that's going to help Shelby Miller in two ways. First of all, he's not going to be like the guy, um, and he, I think, is in for a monster year, I, it, like you said. I mean, looking what he did, not only to be able to do what he did for the Braves, but not get discouraged, and to keep going out there and pretty much producing the same thing, regardless of the fact that his team scored absolutely no runs for him. And I know that win-loss records don't mean anything to, you know, the stat geeks out there, but it means something to the pitcher. And for that to have not discouraged him, I just think he's going to get, like, three runs of support early in the game and just absolutely be lights out. I think he's going to be in for a huge year.
0: Yeah, it's really it, – it, it's one of the things that strikes me the most about the players that the Diamondbacks have overall is that, the, you know, the, they're competitors. I mean, they really want to compete more than anything. And I think Miller personified that last year. You know, when you when you, you know, hear Patrick Corbin talk, he says the same thing. Obviously, you know that's cranky that Um You know, Ruby De La Rosa. I think it's overlooked a little bit because he's young, but he is a real fierce competitor. And so, I th- and I think it extends to the position players too. And when you have you know that Paula kind of lead play, um, I, I think that the, that's one of the things that I think is really interesting about the the, the players that that the Dinobacks have brought in from other organizations too, and I think Miller kind of is the poster child for that, is that it seems to me that the number one priority is they want guys that are going to compete, um, that are going to give their best every single night. And it's not just that they want to win. Every player wants to win, but they want to
1: compete,
0: and and they have that kind of edge
1: to them. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so who is the player most likely to have the longest hitting streak? Um well that's a good
0: question. So I I would say um you know I think the easy answer is probably Paul Goldschmidt um just because uh, you know, he he is the best hitter on the team. He is the best you know he's one of the best hitters in the league and he's a potential batting champion um and he you know, he's a guy that could go uh you know uh, put together an an O for O with four plate appearances with three walks of the sacrifice fly too which helps extend the streak. So um
1: I I would say it it's, it's got to be Goldschmidt. Okay, and who is the most player most likely to get ejected? And that might not be fair because you haven't been around these guys. But um, anybody, and, and you can pick the manager too, but that's the most likely to get ejected from a game. Yeah,
0: you know, we, we don't see that many ejections anymore, right? I mean, now that we have replays, I
1: know it's not that many
0: other than barking balls with strikes. Um, yeah, that's one, that's one sadly I'm going to have to punt on because I don't know the guys well enough yet to know uh, whether or not, they, you know, who's got the short fuse. Uh, but I, I'll tell you what, it'll probably be a guy who's in a one for 20. That's what it's going to be. And all of a sudden, he's going to get yeah, pitch called on the outside corner that he doesn't like, and that's probably what's going to get him right. So I'll give you scenarios if I can't give you a name. Nice
1: save, Mike. You're good. Thank you, uh, thank you very much. Okay, so who is the uh, possibly the first bench player to snag a spot in the starting lineup?
0: You know, I think... It has to be one of the middle infielders as long as things don't change. I mean, you really have three guys who have experience as starting middle infielders in Ahmed, Owings, and, and Segura, and you know all three of them are coming off poor offensive seasons a year ago. But but you know, especially Ahmed's a terrific defender at short. Owings, you really feel like now that he's you know he's on his way back, uh, another you know year removed from the shoulder surgery that he has a chance to to make a big difference there. Um, and, and you know Segura is a guy who obviously had a great rookie season. Has struggled the last two years in Milwaukee, uh, but still has the talent and ability to be to be um, you know an above average performer. So I, I would say that those are the guys. that whoever doesn't win that job, if all three guys go to camp, um, I guess it's kind of a cop out. But I, I think that they have three intriguing options there certainly, um, and that they're that all three of them are talented. And I'm really interested. How the playing time share moves out if one of them does.
1: So let's get to know you for a minute. What's what are you most looking forward to? And this will be your first spring training with the Diamondbacks. So what, what's in your mind is the thing that you're most looking forward to? I'm assuming that I mean I know broadcasters kind of have um, on and off schedules throughout spring. What what exactly will you be doing? <laughs> well, I, I, well, I'm going to be
0: doing some of the webcasts, and I'll be doing you know up, around the ballpark uh, every day. I mean, that, one I'm looking forward to being at the ballpark. Every you know, you know, I've been fortunate in my job of serious, but you know, I've been afforded some time at the park, but I don't get to be there every single day. That to me is, I mean, I, I, I'm sure you probably miss that too, don't you, when you have to work <laughs> outside the park. I mean, that's why we <laughs> do this, right, is we want to be at the game. We want to be there to see it. So that, that to me is uh, number one. Um, I've been trying to move to Phoenix for you know, 30 years, and so to be there, to be part of the community, I'm really looking forward to that because it is, you know, the center of the baseball world. Um, uh, it, it's it, whether it's amateur or professional. I mean, just about everything baseball has to go through Phoenix. And then, you know, from the team standpoint, I mean, I'm a great admirer of, of Bullshit, as you can tell,
1: and uh-huh. of Brinky
0: And so, to be able to see those guys ply their trade every single day, in Grinke's case, every fifth day, you know, those are things that I really am excited about. To be able to you know, maybe have the opportunity to pick their brain on how they do it. I think those things are really neat. And I'll tell you, you know, one specific game, everybody on the broadcast crew is already looking forward to that first Saturday of the regular season
1: because there are no
0: off days for the Diamondbacks leading off to it, and there are no off days for the Cubs leading up to it, which means that Saturday should be Jake Arrieta and Zach Rankin.
1: Ooh. Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: Ooh, I'm right. going to mark that down. I'm marking things to look for. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing a little story on things to look out for uh, upcoming, so I'm yeah. going to mark that down right now. Yes. I think that's you big. should probably ask
0: to be able to travel for that. I mean, that's going to be a pretty deal. So I would say that you get it. If you get in now, then nobody else is going to be able to beat you to it.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. Yes, and because you're new to the team, you also get the added advantage of not having to answer the question of which player would be most likely to have Justin Bieber walkout music. So you get a pass <laughs> on that. But we're going to call you in July, and we're going to ask you, and so you better have an answer.
0: The answer is Steve in television voice of the band. That's who <laughs> okay. would be most likely to have Bieber anything.
1: <laughs> Very good. I will mark that down. Thank you so much, Mike Farron. Good, good. luck this season. Really appreciate yeah. your help on this.